All right, well, happy Father's Day, and I also want to welcome you to the first weekend of our new series. As many of you guys know, I'm a very proud step-parent of two boys. Paxton is six, going on 25, and Lane is 11. He's going into middle school next year. Your prayers are appreciated there. So as I got ready, ready for this weekend, I felt like there was a lot of different angles that I could take. Uh, I had an incredible dad, and now I'm kind of experiencing what it's like to be a parent, but I decided to go with the angle that is most pressing currently in my family, which is the angle of adoption. And so some of you guys know uh, that Katie and I are adopting a child from Ethiopia. We're about a year into the process, and we still have quite a ways to go, but the theme of adoption actually runs much deeper in our lives uh, individually and together. So for the past decade, we've been involved in different things. Uh, I've gone on seven or eight trips to Haiti to work in a boys' home there. Katie and I both spent some time in Costa Rica working in an orphanage. Uh, Katie was also on the board of Child Protective Services, and she now is a high-level volunteer at the children's shelter here in San Antonio. Uh, Just our love for children and for helping out with the orphan crisis is one of the first things that brought us together when we were dating. It was one of the first things that we found out we had in common. But the theme of adoption actually goes back much further in my life. It goes back over 60 years to Newport News, Virginia, where there was a young, very red-headed girl who got pregnant and knew she wouldn't be able to take care of her child. And so when she had this baby boy, she put it up for adoption. And around the same time, there was a young Air Force couple who had been stationed nearby. They were looking to adopt. And so God brought this group of people together. And the young couple fell in love with this redheaded baby boy who is my dad. And that was the day that my grandpa Tyner chose to adopt my dad. And so it's obvious that adoption is a huge part of my own personal story. Even my dad was adopted. And my grandparents' selfless act has helped write the story of my family, and now it's going to reach all the way to Ethiopia as we continue the story in our own family. And so adoption is a huge deal to myself to my wife and now to my kids. But you may be wondering, what does that have to do with you on this Father's Day? Well, when I think about adoption, I think that sometimes we define it a little bit too narrowly. And there's something that I've experienced in my own life and in my own home that I simply call spiritual adoption. And so Lane and Paxton are are not my children legally or uh, even biologically. They don't have my last name. They don't share my DNA. But I've been able to step into their lives as a spiritual father figure to care for them and to try my hardest to put their needs above my own. It's spiritual adoption. It goes beyond what the courts can say or what biology can say. It goes to what God says and where he's placed me in their lives. So I don't know if you're aware, but there is an epidemic in our country of children who are growing up without fathers. A few years ago in the census, there were more than 24 million children who were growing up with absent biological fathers. And to put it in perspective, that's over one third of the United States population under 18 years old. This is an epidemic. 
Now, not all of these children have literally been orphaned. Many of them are being raised by amazing mothers. I, I think about when I met Katie for the first time, and she was a single mom who was working full-time, who was going to school full-time, and somehow still making these boys feel like the number one priority in her life. And I know that there are countless women doing the same thing, but that doesn't change the fact that the odds are stacked against these children. And so here's just a few statistics from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts, 75% of youth in chemical abuse centers, and 85% of youth in prisons all come from fatherless homes. Now, these are heartbreaking statistics. They're unbelievable to me. Whether these kids have literally been orphaned or they're living as fatherless spiritual orphans, they are incredibly disadvantaged in this world. And I don't know about you, but when I hear giant numbers like 24 million and a third of the population, I start to feel like, what could we really even do about that? So I've grown up in church. That means that I've been to decades worth of Father's Day services. And there's basically two kind of talks that happen on Father's Day. There's the one where there's the sermon that just kind of beats dad over the head for being lazy, absent, good-for-nothing parents. Those are always fun. All the women, amen, and all the men think about lunch the whole time, right? And then there's the big emotional tearjerkers, and today I don't want to do either of those things. The reason I'm teaching on this subject today is because this is the kind of thing that makes me say, come on, man, we have got to do something about this. You see, I believe that men at varying levels have an inner longing, an inner need for significance, for living a life that matters, for providing and protecting. We live with the need to be seen as strong, and I think that those things are okay. And my goal today is for you to walk out of here with an opportunity to do that, to do something that matters, something significant that will leave you a legacy in this world. And this thing is found directly in Scripture. And so in the New Testament of the Bible, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a church in Galatia, and it's what we call the Book of Galatians. Now, he was writing to this church to help them understand what it really means to FX. That's what we've been saying this year. To FX, which means to follow Christ. And so in chapters 3 and 4, Paul shows them the role that Jesus plays in our lives by referring to the believers as children of God and then reminding them exactly how they got that title. And so in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, Paul says that when the fullness of time had come, in other words, at the perfect time, 
God sent his son in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children, as children of God. You see, Paul was writing to remind these Galatians and to remind us that for us to have the title of children of God has nothing to do with what we are able to accomplish. We cannot earn it. It's not by our own merit. It is only because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus came in order to redeem us so that we could be adopted, adopted in to God's family. And so I want us to break down this verse just a little bit to really understand the significance of it. Now, the New Testament of the Bible was originally written in Greek. And there's a tiny Greek word in verse 5 that has a huge impact with what Paul is trying to tell us. And this is the Greek word, hina. It's a small word that's actually a clause. It's known as the henna clause. It's very common in scripture. It has lots of different uses. But Paul uses it in a very uncommon way. You see, henna is repeated twice, almost back to back in verse 5. And it gives us our words, in order and so that. Those are both the Greek word, henna in order to redeem us so that we could be adopted. Now, the reason that Paul puts these two words right next to each other brings so much significance to what this verse suggests for our life. You see, although it's a very common clause, it's almost never seen that close to each other. And putting them back to back does a few things for his train of thought. First, it gets people's attention. Paul wanted to make sure that people were paying attention to this part of his letter. The other thing that putting these two words so close together is it gives it a sense of finality. Another way to say it is that Paul is giving us the bottom line. He's saying the bottom line of why Jesus came to earth is to redeem us and to adopt us. That when the time was right, in God's perfect timing, Jesus came bottom line so that we could be adopted into the family of God. Now the other thing that putting these henna clauses right next to each other does is it creates a cause and effect and so the first part, the in order to redeem us, becomes the means to the second part, so that we could be adopted. And what that means is you can't get the second part without the first. You can't have your adoption without your redemption. The only way for us to be adopted into God's family is if Jesus came and redeemed us. And so growing up in church, the word redeemed or redemption, it took on this heavy spiritual meaning, this very religious sounding word. But the way that Paul uses it here is very simple. To redeem simply meant to go to the marketplace and to buy something. And so when you go shopping at Walmart or HEB, if you want to redeem 
what is in your cart, then you have to purchase the items. So Paul is telling us that here's the bottom line. When the time was perfect, God sent his son Jesus to purchase us so that we could be adopted into God's family. I hope you understand the significance of this because Paul is saying that Jesus came and he paid the price of our adoption. You know, Katie and I have learned a lot about the price of adoption lately. So between some legal work that we've had to do for our current family, my spiritually adopted sons, and then the outrageous price of adopting internationally from Ethiopia, by the time all of this is said and done, we could be close to six figures in. It's an unbelievable price, and then you couple that with the emotional stress of waiting and working through the process, and it adds up quickly. And I want to be honest with you guys, because I get it. I'm on stage. I'm teaching. This is hard. It's not like we just glide through this. There are days that it is so complicated, and it's so stressful. There are days we just want to give up or stop working on it. It's a high price to pay. And then I think about Jesus. What was the cost of our adoption into God's family? What did Jesus have to pay to redeem us, to purchase us? It was the bottom line of his life. It's why he came. And we find that answer at the cross. Jesus redeemed us. He purchased us with his own life. He willingly died so that we could be adopted into God's family and we could experience the freedom of being a child of God. And so the question for all of us is, what price are we willing to pay to really follow after Christ? And so on Father's Day, I think about the men in the room. Because if we're gonna be men who say that we are followers of Christ, it makes sense to me that our bottom line should reflect Jesus's bottom line. That we should be ready and willing to pay a price to help connect people to their heavenly father. This can look like many different things. It can look like, like helping the single mom in your neighborhood or taking the new young employee at work under your wing. Maybe for some of us it just means starting to treat our stepkids like they really are our own kids. But today I told you that in this talk I would leave you with an opportunity to do something specific, something significant with your life. So I want to give you some backstory. Recently, I took on a new role here at City Church. For the last few years, I've been the worship pastor here. And recently, uh, the scope of my responsibilities expanded a little bit. And one of the things that that means is that I'm directly helping lead all of our next generation programs. And so that's our youth, our children, 
in our preschool. And as I was preparing for this talk in light of this new role, I started thinking about the awful statistics that we looked at earlier. And it hit me that those statistics are a reflection of our very own community, which means they're a reflection in our church because our church is a mirror of our community. And that means that around one-third of our little ones who are attending programs right now are potentially growing up fatherless. And others are in broken homes. And some are being bounced around the foster system. And some have dads at home who are simply not the spiritual role model that they need in their lives. And it weighed on me and it was heavy. And then as I'm learning from these incredible leaders in the children and in the preschool, they start talking to me about the percentage of men who are volunteering in their programs. And as you might guess, it's, it's pretty low. And so let me stop for just a second and let you know I'm not here to guilt trip anybody. I get it. I have never volunteered in a children's program. And I want you to know that city church is not rare. We're not unique in this struggle. In fact, churches all across our country have next generation programs who are being run primarily by women. But I'd like to ask you guys a question. Since when is City Church content to simply do what all of the other churches are doing in the world? I'm guessing that's not why you're here. I'm guessing that's not how your life got changed at City Church because we're just following the trends that everyone else is doing. If the statistics are correct, then I'm guessing that some of you were raised in fatherless homes. And what would it have meant to your life to have a place that you could go where there were men who cared, where there were men who would spiritually adopt you, even if it was just for an hour? That is what Jesus did for us. And today, I want you to meet one of our men who is doing that very thing right here at City Church. My name is uh, Junior Tagaloa, and I've been coming to City Church for two years now. My wife and I have been married for six years. We have four children, three girls, one boy. We were invited to uh, City Church by some friends, and uh, when we first came, we fell in love with the place. So as we started uh, attending, my wife said, "Let's uh, why don't we serve in Kids uh, Kid City? And I was like, what? <laughs> I had never worked with kids before. I love kids. I, I like the type that I like to come in, I just want to play, and then uh, move on. <laughs> so <laughs> so and then our first day that we uh, signed up, my wife got to work with the babies, and then this began having going with the four-year-olds, and that first day was a real experience. <laughs> uh, I was happy that I was just there as a volunteer. They have such wonderful teachers who take care of everything and were just there to help out in, in any way. So that was a great experience. I think it was just a couple Sundays later, uh, Miss Megan had me going to two-year-olds. And I remember um, 
was one Sunday. I ended up being the only one there because the teacher had called out. And then Miss Megan says, do you think you can handle teaching the two-year-olds? <laughs> Just follow the curriculum. And I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> But the curriculum was there. I uh, just followed it, read it down, and just just had fun with the kids. And then, yeah, ever since then, uh, I've been teaching the two-year-olds now every other Sunday. I know every time I serve, I feel um, like uh, a weight has been lifted off of me. Like whatever I've been gone through the past two weeks, I'm just like after working with the kids, I just feel all refreshed and ready to face the, the new week. Kids City Church has really changed my life a lot, and uh, the kind of father that I that I hope to be, you know, and it, it, it's uh, challenged me every day to be a better father, and I know that Kids City Church is helping me do that, so, you know, all the men out there, just kind of get yourself out of that comfort zone, and, uh, you know, just put yourself in a place that you, you don't think you can handle, but I think you could. <laughs> my name is Junior Tagaloa. This is my story. This is your story. So men, we have an opportunity to leave a mark not only on this church, but on children who need us. You want to do something significant with your life? You want your life to matter? There are fatherless children who need you to stand in the gap for them, to spiritually adopt and care for them. I want to be honest. I'm calling City Church to a higher standard. I don't think that we should be content to have men absent from the spiritual development of our children. And so let me be clear. What I am asking is for you to volunteer with our children, our preschool program. We need people who will step up, who will sign up, and who will be heroes for our kids. And so here's my challenge for City Church this week. I am challenging 100 men to sign up to help with our children or our preschool program. Let me be clear, not 60 men, not 80 men, not 99, 100 men. And listen, you don't have to do this alone. Get your wife to sign up with you. Get the men that you do community with to sign up. Bring your teenage son or daughter along and serve with them. A few hours of your month could make a lifetime of difference for some of these children. You have an opportunity to be a spiritual father figure. And it's like, come on, man. This is an unbelievable opportunity. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. We already write the curriculum. You don't have to have an education major. You don't even have to change diapers. We got people for that. <laughs> All you have to do is to be willing and ready to pay the price of some of your time a little bit of your energy and your care. And men, if we will do this, not only will our church be different, but there will be families around our city who are impacted 
because of the work that we are doing here. Our church will become a beacon of light for single mothers all across our city. And we can make a dent in this massive problem we're experiencing in our world. And so I want to ask you to stand and let me just pray a blessing over everyone to stand. Everyone in the video cafe, and I want to pray for those watching online. If you would pray with me. God, we thank you that when the time was just right, that you sent us your son, Jesus. And that he was willing to pay whatever price, including his own life, to redeem us and to adopt us into your family. God, we thank you that you have given us a home. You've given us a purpose. God, I pray that as we are searching for significance in this world, as we're desiring for our lives to matter, that you will inspire many people this week to make a difference in the children at City Church. God, that this Father's Day would be a turning point for us as an organization and as a body of people who are following after Christ. God, that in one more area, City Church will stand apart as people who will do whatever it takes to reach our city. So we love you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me keep you guys for just a minute. We're signing up today at the Tan Pavilion. You can get signed up for our children and preschool program today. This sign-up is for men and women, but here's the deal. They have specific needs, and so I know we all have preferences. Here's your line. You go to the Tan Pavilion, and you say, where do you need me? And you go and make a difference. Now, last week, Dave challenged us to put God first in our finances. And I want to remind you guys what the scripture says, that we are to bring the whole tithe. What does tithe mean? 10% into the storehouse. The storehouse is your local church. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out what? Blessing. When we bring the tithe first, there is a blessing attached, a blessing so great we won't even have room to store it. You guys be sure you're giving that percentage of what God has given you back to him. We love you guys. Our prayer team's up front. I hope to see you next weekend for our Come On Man series.